This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 244. Hey everyone, welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Today I am super excited to have a return guest for you. He's got great energy and amazing ideas um, about running your business and leadership and all that fun stuff. His name is Pete Moore, and he's a certified business coach, a multipreneur, if I said that correctly, and the host of the Business Owner Breakthrough Podcast. Welcome back, Pete. I'm thrilled to have you. You told me it's been a year since you were on the podcast. Yeah. You know, I, it's time so flies. interesting when we look at this stuff. It, time flies. It, it is absolutely crazy. And oh, yeah. uh, I was just kind of looking back through the podcast that we have done together. And this is our third. And, and thank you so much for inviting me back again. And we've covered some great stuff. But, you know, maybe as we're recording just before, I mean, I'm in Canada, you're in the States, but, um, you know. There, the celebration next week is the Declaration of Independence for you guys. I oh, believe yeah. it's not yeah, Independence July Day. So maybe we should declare to do this annually okay. and uh, and carry on the, the conversations and make it an annual thing because this is our third annual. So I'm, I love I'm, I'm that. excited. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I met you through a podcasting site, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, I just loved your energy. I loved your ideas. I loved your story. So why don't you remind everyone like who you are and what you do a little bit Awesome, before awesome. we get started into what yeah. we're going to talk about today? Well, first of all, uh, I'm a family man, got, uh, you know, three grown kids and been married for a long time. Have you, you mentioned I'm a multipreneur. I've had all sorts of different businesses over my career and continue to own a couple. That's why I call it multipreneur. So uh, from that perspective, I've been a retailer and I still am a retailer. We own some shoe stores here in Ontario. Uh, and I've been a bathroom renovator. I've had owned franchises, built franchises, sold franchises, was a business broker, helping people buy and sell businesses. Um, currently spend most of my time, Julie, like you as a coach and I coach other entrepreneurs and I say to take them from their frustrations into the freedoms or you yeah, know, go from operators of your business to owners of your business, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And all sorts of different frameworks around that and coaching around that. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where I spend the majority of my time these days is really working with great clients uh, that are already probably doing well in business. But at the same time, are feeling, you know, after five, 10 years, it's like, hmm, maybe there's more to it than this. I didn't get into business to continue to work 50, 60, 70 hours a week. I got into business to have a little bit of freedom and enjoy some of these other things. And how do we set that up? Like, what do we do in order to obtain more freedom? And that's usually where I land on the coaching sphere of things uh, in sort of helping them through some of those frustrations so that they can enjoy their business as a business owner more than just you know, the person that's, you know, doing the next operation or taking the next check or calling the next vendor or getting the batch of medicine needed or whatever the case is. Right. Yeah. And most entrepreneurs want to be free. That's why they want to do it in the first place. Right. They don't like bosses. Well, it's interesting. They (laughs) they want to be, yeah, they want to be free, but it seems as though we get habitualized because we've had to, to get everything up and running. When we take over a business, we get habitualized into this framework of just never ending working. And Mm. that's, that's not great either. Like that's not really freedom. Even if you love what you do, you don't want to be forced to do it all the time. Tied down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's That, that is the key. And I think if you can teach people to do that, that's the way to go. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what what I spend my time on. And and, uh, you had mentioned I'm a podcaster, you know, the business owner breakthrough is all this idea around breaking through managing your business every day all the time, so that you can actually move to the owner's box and, you know, have somebody else tackle some of those accountabilities, which is a scary word for a lot of people too, right? It's like, "Mm." you know, one of the things Before we dig into some other stuff, one of the things that's interesting, I've been chatting a little bit about, Julie, that I thought maybe you'd appreciate is this idea of trust. Mm. And that's a hard one. I just I just coached somebody right before I got on with you that's (laughs) going to buy a business. Yeah. And she said, how do you deal with that? You know, 
people stealing from you and mm. all of that. So yeah, talk about that it, a little bit. It's so interesting because you know some of the some of the I, I'm always coming up with little concepts and doing some writing and thinking. Yeah, you're about good at that. Stuff. You're good and, at packaging things. Yeah, yeah, and and so I've been thinking a lot about trust lately, and. One of the things that I've been thinking about was a lot of leaders will say, well, you know, when we, because this triggered me when we talked about accountability, the idea around is, well, I can't release the accountability on whatever it is. It doesn't matter. My bookkeeping, my planning, my anything, I can't release it because I don't trust the individual to do it properly. Right. Nobody can do it as well as I can do. That's what we always yeah. think, right? Well, we think that, but we use the word trust. Yeah. And, and I think that's the nomenclature that's interesting. It's like, hmm, right. I don't trust them to get it done. Right. And I'm thinking, hmm, most people have values and all this kind of stuff in their mission statement, everything. And it, and it talks about integrity and all this kind of stuff. There's so much of language around that. But if you don't trust that person, why are they working with you? <laughs> that's a good question, right? You shouldn't have anyone that you don't trust. <laughs> Absolutely. So is it actually a level of trust or is it, the, is it, you don't trust the person or is it, you don't trust the process. Mm. And until you assign and align accountability, you know, the process is yours. So in other words, it's actually you, if you're aligning and assigning the accountability to somebody else that needs to improve that process to a point where it's trustable in your eyes and in your mm. head and your mind. And so that when I'm releasing this, the process is as good as it possibly can so that I feel confident that I can release this accountability because if these people are working for you and you actually are going to release accountabilities, you really should be trusting them. I mean, like that's well, right. Or you should yeah. get someone else. Right. Right. And, and so, you know, I just encourage anybody listening that, you know, if you catch yourself using the, even if you th you're thinking, I don't, I just don't trust this person to get something done. Well, is it the person you don't trust or is it the process? Mm -hmm. And I think our first podcast a um, year and a half or so ago, we talked about the five P's and the five P's yeah, are yeah. understanding the promise and, you know, aligning your products or services, your people and your process to it so that you can enjoy the right amount of profit, right? Which gives you the freedom. Right. So all of these things sort of come in together. Um, but, you know, the people portion is so important. And I know we're going to talk chat today a little bit about um, Colby and stuff like that. And, but ultimately, gosh, you know what, it starts there. It's like, if you don't trust your people, well, you've got more work to do than just, uh, can I assign this accountability to somebody? <laughs> right, right. And sometimes certain personality types are more trusting than others. I'm a pretty trusted sure. person and it, it burned me a few times in my practice. Me like too. I, I really trusted somebody. I thought they had my back and I found out later that that wasn't true or things were happening behind my back that I didn't know about. So mm. yeah, I think But if that, you think of that too, things were happening about that you didn't know about. Well, that's probably because the process, wasn't process was off, right? And your dashboard that you had to ensure that things were happening the way you expected right. and want them to wasn't quite right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And that, that comes, that comes for me. The problem comes for me with this process thing is the detail. Yeah. Like detail is not my strong suit. And, you mm -hmm. know, I'm really good at communication. I'm really good at leadership. Mm -hmm. Like I have all that, yep. but it's the details that I don't, <laughs> it's part of my personality. Like the disc, I'm not a detailer. Yeah. yeah so, I get so that's why I wanted, I kind of wanted you to talk about this uh, Colby. Yeah certification because it mm -hmm. sounds like it's something similar yeah so you know a lot of people have done and you know we're talking to here today to a bunch of people who are veterinarian clinic owners and other people out there but a lot of people like us who are entrepreneurs julie they've done a lot of these different assessments out there it's you know you're the Myers-Briggs the MBTI Myers the, Briggs. the yeah, Enneagram the you know there's fascination there's all sorts of different ones right including like IQ tests and and SATs and all this sort of stuff so really there's three parts of the mind right so there's the thinking side of things which is all of the idea around iq and sat and you know intelligence and knowledge and experience those kind of things right mm -hmm. then there's the 
feeling side of things, which is the MBTI, like desires, motivation, attitudes, that kind of stuff. And it's like Enneagram, how do I feel about this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Am I introverted? Am I extroverted? All that kind of stuff. Very important, interesting, you know, team building and all that stuff. But the thing about Colby and Colby is spelt K-O-L-B-E. It's a little different spelling. It's, it's based on Kathy Colby and that's her last name. And interestingly, her father and Kathy's, um, you know, getting up there in age now, I'm not sure how old she is, but uh, she's probably in her late seventies, I would think. And um, her son and daughter-in-law are running it now. But essentially her dad, if you've ever taken the Wonderlick, created the Wonderlick, and that's an IQ test, right? Mm -hmm. And very, very prominent IQ test. One of the very first ones out there and her, her maiden name was Wonderlick. So, you know, she comes from a long line of this kind of stuff and has been doing it, been doing Colby almost 50 years now. So this, this has been around for almost 50 years. It's the only test that really tests how you do things. So it's not about how you feel about things. It's not about how much you know or how smart you are. It's about how you take action. Oh, that's which that's I really cool because mm. yeah, it's a, it's different than personality. Then it is. Yeah. It is because okay. it's innate. It's instinctual, mm. right? It, this is right. how I take action, right? Yep. You said earlier that you weren't a real a sort of details type person, yeah, right? I and don't we'll talk about it. I can we'll talk do it. About I just don't prefer it. Yeah, we'll talk about the different nodes that are involved in this test and, and assessment because it's really interesting as you start looking at sort of your innate being, right? The nice thing about Colby is it's really, it's unbiased. So if there's over a million tests done there, it doesn't matter your age, your race, your gender, any of that sort of stuff. It's It's been valid and reliable for many, many years. So these these things have been around for so long that it's just it is what it is. And when you take the Colby assessment, whether you take it and she's done a ton of work with kids too, that's where it started, you know, with um, uh, really kids in the enriched programs and stuff with that, but has been developed all sorts uh, along the way and has been re people have been retested 20, 30 years later, it's held true. Mm -hmm. So the idea behind Colby is that Basically, when you take the Colby test, you never have to take it again. It has nothing to do with what you've learned along the way. It just has to do with who you are and how you make decisions. So it's not for like self-development and that nope. kind of thing. It's more for nope. self-understanding. That's it. Yeah. And, awesome. and so the real power is when you start laying this in with your team, mm. you know, so you understand yourself and now you start laying it in and looking at your team configurations, how you're making team and project decisions and all this other stuff. So it's really cool along the way when you start looking at that stuff. And really um, the nice thing I like about Colby is it's really easy to explain. It's it's called your mode of operation. It gives you an MO, right? Your mm -hmm. modus operandi. And those four levels, it'll give you four levels of um, continuums, they call them essentially. And they are these, fact finder, follow through, quick start and implementer. And when you said, I'm not a details person, probably you are fairly low on the fact finder side of things. And that's okay. Yeah, you think? Like, yeah. So, and when we say low or high, it doesn't mean good or bad. It just means right. that's the scale, right? Because every, every, these are strengths, not weaknesses. You know, when you come up with your, when you get your Colby assessment, you might have very low ratings number wise, but that doesn't mean anything. It just means that that's where you lay on your, you don't need as many facts if you were a low on the fact finder scale, for example. Right. And yeah, follow through make a is decision or something yeah, like that. Is that yeah, what you mean? Like, yeah, you give me like three topics. I'll just decide and not ask for a lot more. Right. You, you can get by with the executive summary, right? You're like me <laughs> and, and other people need, are like executive summary. What are you talking about? I need, I need the 20 page Right. You know, support for this. Right. Neither is wrong. It's just different. But the other thing is that if everybody is just getting the executive summary, who's making sure that the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed? Right. Who's doing the detail work? Right. So would you want your bookkeeper, for example, 
somebody who wasn't a, a good systems person, which is the next one. Fact finders get all the detail. The next one is, are you a systems person? Do you follow through and finish? Like the people that love their checklists and have all the post-it notes and it's like ping, 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 all that kind of stuff. You know, mm -hmm. either, either you love to systematize or you don't. And then another one, the, the third one is quick start. And quick start are generally people with high quick starts are the innovators, the people that just come up with the ideas and all of that sort of stuff. And the people with the low scores on quick starts like to stabilize. They don't like things to change. They like just things are good. Like, why are we changing? And the high quick starts are like, oh, let's let's change some stuff up. The qu you know? high quick starts want to just change for the sake of change. Because yeah. <laughs> right. I'm a high quick start. And, you know, I'm considered basically a change agent, which can scare people who aren't. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you flip this That's back into sure. team dynamics, which is really interesting, it's like I have to use language with my team around, hey, I'm just talking out loud here. Like, don't worry, we're just, you know, brainstorming. Just batting around ideas. Yeah, that mm. makes people nervous, especially when you're the leader. I, I yeah. used to see that in my practice. I'd, I'd come up with all these great ideas and yeah. they would just be like, oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, or you'd come back from a conference and you'd have oh, all yeah. these cool ideas and you'd want to share it. And isn't yeah. this fun? And they'd be like, oh. it, it, I know. it freaks the people out that don't like change. Exactly. But mm -hmm. when you lay all of these, when you, you have your whole team do Colby assessment, and then you overlay this onto your team, it's like, hmm, I know I need to give that person more information in order to help her understand. I know yeah. I need to explain things different, or I know I need to build a model for this person in order to show what I'm trying to do, as opposed to help them envision, which is the last of the four, which is implementer. So we've got fact finder, follow through, quick start and implementer. And the implementer yeah. is basically the person that likes to use implements. So as we're on the veterinarian um, show here today, I would expect that a lot of the people here, because they're surgeons, are happy working around their operating table. Yes. Some yeah. aren't. I find Some that aren't. a lot. I find yeah. a lot of veterinarians love surgery more than anything else. Not all. For sure. Yeah. No, exactly. But, right. And so, you know, from the surgery perspective, the people who truly love their surgery side of their business are probably high implementers. And they, they're hands-on people. They like to work with their hands. They like to, you know, lay things out that way and, and get it done type thing. And I find that a lot of people who are, you know, carpenters, for example, you know, craftsmen, gardeners, um, doctors, surgeons, you know, not, G not GPs, right. Probably, probably as they were going through school, the GPs elected not to go to surgery because they weren't high implementers. Right. Right. Yeah. So having this sort of base understanding of where you lay within these four modes will give you a really clear understanding of why you are who you are and how you make decisions. And that's why I love Colby. I've been using it for several years with, with our um, shoe stores. And I, I've, every client I've ever had, I've always asked them to do a Colby assessment so that I had a better picture of who I was going to be working with. Okay. And so um, I decided to become Colby certified so that I can nice. officially work with people. And there's so much more than how I've used Colby in the past, um, as far as team alignments and team reports. And, you know, you can get into the right fit hiring side of things so that we're making sure we're hiring right properly through Colby assessments, all sorts of different things that are really such a huge advantage because even from that perspective, you know how much a wrong hire can cost. Mm, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so hard to hire people unless you have some kind of tool like this. So th yeah. this sounds like something that um, anybody could use, even if they don't, they're not the owner or the entrepreneur, but just sure. to understand the rest of the team. Is yeah. it appropriate? And I don't want to steer you off course, but is it appropriate for you to go through each of these four types and kind of explain who those people are so we can understand it better and maybe use it? 
or do you have yeah. to have the assessment first? Well, like, I mean, a, as a certific, certified, yeah, you, you don't have to have the assessment, but they're not really four types because every person has all four num all four mm -hmm. modes, right? Kind of like disc, yeah. Yeah, we so, all have it all. We all have it all. It's just where it's ranked. Yeah. So each each of those you know, we briefly talked about the fact finder is obviously the person that is, you know, needs all of the detail or is okay with sort of the executive summary type thing. Uh, on the follow through side of things, it's the system people. They're the ones you want building the systems and the people that have low follow through are the ones that don't want to follow the systems. Ah, okay. <laughs> you know? so those are the ones that like buck the system. Huh? Yeah. And, and I'm a low follow through. Yeah. So when I go into our shoe stores, for example, they tell me to stay off the cash register because <laughs> every time I go on something. it, uh, yeah, there's something wrong. It's like, <laughs> so they're like, can you go sell and just send them over here? And we'll, we'll, we'll make sure they get, we'll ring them properly. up. You just sell yeah. them the shoes. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know, that kind of thing. And then the quick start, like you said, is sort of the person generally the quick start is somebody, if, if you need something, if you need some ideas quickly. If you need somebody to just kind of knock something off for you, um, brainstorming, all that kind of stuff, it is the quick start side of things, right? And if you don't like that, uh, then you like to keep things the way they are, then you're going to have a lower quick start score. And that's okay because we need stability in our organizations. If all you had was, you know, people that were high quick starts, it would be a chaotic business, right? Because they'd constantly be changing things and right. Right. and there'd yeah. never be a, a process or a system. Right. And then the implementers are the people that, you know, from how, whether if you're a low implementer like me, you envision things really well, but you don't necessarily want to build them. And so here's the difference between, you know, I have a low implementer score. That doesn't mean I don't have the intelligence. If we go back to the that side of things to, right. to build something. I used to have a carpentry company, like we did bathroom renovations. So I can rip out a bathroom and do it, but it right. doesn't mean that that's my love. That's not what I want to do. Right. Gets which you is, excited. yeah. Which is why I said like some, some people at the vet clinic, um, you know, can do the surgeries, but they don't necessarily want to. Yeah. Yeah. Some are better than others. And right. Just and that's that. okay attitude around it. Yeah. These are so, your strengths, you know, and then when we start building upon that to, you know, look at our executive team and all the different teams, then it's like, okay, well, we can now start understanding who wants to be on the operating table by looking at some of these and who might be good at marketing the business and who might be good at bookkeeping, you know, that kind of stuff. And we can jiggle around. Sometimes people are in the wrong seat in the business. Yeah. Yeah. So this question just popped in. If you're trying to work on something like this in your business and you, you kind of have an idea of who all your people are, or where they're yeah. highest, because I'm guessing that there, there's a different score for each one. If we each have sure. each, sure. right. Mm -hmm. Um, so how do you solve the problem? Because I've had this come up before of you're assigning certain people, certain tasks, and the other people think it's not fair. Like, is it more about the explaining that this is why we're doing this Colby, this Colby testing? So everybody kind of understands who's good at what, so we can split up the tasks that way. You know, like cool. I have some texts that only like to be in surgery, but then the other texts are upset because, well, why do they get to be in surgery every day? And, you know, it's that kind of like, how do you get the team on board? Is that part of this when you, when you teach it or whatever? I believe it is. So it's up to the leader. So. It's up to the leader, you know, um, yeah. ultimately, because really it's your business. So right. um, there's a certain, there's a certain amount of I mean, and, and I don't play this card very much and I never had in, in all the businesses that I've owned, but there's a certain time where you just have to say, hey, this is what the job is. <laughs> I'm the boss. I get to decide, right? Well, I mean, it's like sometimes you do have to play that card and right. I, I, I caution playing that card. <laughs> well, you don't seem like the type that throws their weight around and yells at your employees. You seem very- No, I don't. Yeah, I very... certainly am. Soft spoken and yeah, and I don't think time. I've ever yelled at an employee, right. but 
um, you know, at the same time, I, I have expectations. Right. And understanding where people fit into, especially when they're small business, we're talking about small business for the most part here, right? right. There's a right. team of eight or 10 people and, you know, per clinic or whatever the yeah. case is. And, you know, excuse my language, but shit has to get done, Julie. Like, <laughs> right? Yes, it does. And, and somebody's so, got to do it, right? Yeah. You know, and yeah, do, will I clean the toilet? Darn right. In fact, I ran a company that cleaned toilets for 10 years. So I yeah, have cleaned I more, more urinals than anybody <laughs> listening to the show combined. You're a high class so, toilet cleaner. Yeah. So from, from that perspective, it's like, Hey, will I get my hands dirty just like everybody else for sure. And Will I do it all the time? Well, no, because I have process and I've assigned accountabilities along the way, but ultimately yeah. it's still my business. So if it needs to get done, it's going to get done. Yeah. It's just not the best use of your time all the time. No, no. So, I mean, we, we overlay these things once we, and that's why I like to share, I like to do team based Colby stuff. So, you know, mm. we do the one-on-ones, which is great because there's all kinds of great stuff there. But after the one-on-ones, then we start doing the comparatives about how you communicate with each other. And it's like, hey, if you're always asking this person, you know, why aren't they, why are they procrastinating this thing? Maybe it's because they need more information and you're not giving it to them. Right. Yeah. Or maybe the wrong person has this task. Right. So yeah. it helps you shift and align as a leadership team shift and align some of this stuff. And when everybody kind of gets it, because everybody's using the same language and everybody kind of has a the conceptual idea of how this works as part of our communication and leadership style, then it's like, okay. And they understand. Yeah. So practical, practically speaking, tell me how you would do this in a small business. Would you Typically, work with the leaders first? Yeah. Or so would it be so, the whole group? I just put together, uh, I've got a, um, a group of, uh, there's a CEO that I did a, an A, uh, what they call Colby A report with the other day, and they have 250 locations. And so we're going to start with his um, executive team. There's six of them. Team. There's six of them, right? Okay. On the, in the C-suite. So it starts with him, right? And so uh, after that, We'll get him to do his his Colby A and, and what we call the Colby B, which is how he perceives his job. And then he's going to do Colby C's, which is how he perceives each of his subordinates' jobs. Mm, and then they- complicated. It's not. It's very simple, very straightforward. And then we uh, will have all of, all of the C-suite team do their Colby A's. So then they'll actually, we'll map this all out compared to who they are, who they think they should be in their role. Like if we're talking to CFO, right? So yeah. Jim's the CFO, right? So he does his Colby A. Well, his Colby A is going to be the same now as, as when he was a kid, right? right. It right. is what it is because it's your instinctual you know, way of making decisions. Hmm. But he has a perception of what a CFO's job should do too, right? Right. So he's going to do a Colby B on that. And then the CEO has a perception of what he's expecting of that job. So we'll do a C on him okay. and then we'll talk about the differences. Okay. I'm getting confused. So the A, B, and Cs, are these different tests or yes. are they just different conversations or different indexes? So they're different. They're different yeah. tests. So the, the Colby A is the one that we, we have been talking about so far. That's the gotcha. main one, right? Okay. Okay. And then gotcha. the Colby B is, this is when we start to really take it to the next level, right? And we're, you know, outside of just, hey, hey, here's your Colby A and let's have a conversation about who you are. Now, yeah. as we start bringing it into teams, it's like, okay, well, the Colby B now is really around what your perception of your job is. Mm. And the Colby C is what your boss's perception of your job is. Okay. And so part of part of the process is trying to marry the two. Mm -hmm. Like if your boss thinks one thing and you think something else, then there's yeah. obviously a problem. Okay. Well, I mean, there's, there's going to be, if there isn't already. Right. Right. Somewhere well, down the road already, I would guess. Right. If you've been yeah. together for a while, somewhere down the road, you don't understand there's... this. Yeah. You know, I remember when I first did disc and I didn't, I didn't understand it, but then when I was like, Oh, I'm a D and I'm an I no wonder yeah. All the S's are, they're afraid of me because I'm so fast and loud yeah. and 
you know, direct and they're like, they're all freaking out. So that's kind of this, it's like understanding yourself and then understanding others that work for you. Now, right. does the Colby B have different labels? I know I'm, I'm taking you into the weeds, but I, I don't know this. So I'm trying to understand it. No, I don't know what you mean by labels. Well, you've got the kind of the four areas that you're assessed on the Colby A. Are there it's different the areas same, on same. B or it's, it's everything's the same. The language is but all it the just same. just goes by your perception, right. your boss's perception. Yeah. Gotcha. So let's just say um, like my Colby A, I'm a four, three, nine, two. Okay. But let's say my B was a six, two, seven, one. Well, obviously those numbers are not the same as what mine are, not even close. So let's just talk about that. This, okay. this creates conversation, right? Gotcha. And so that was my perception of what I need to be in my job. And now my boss's perception is going to be a set of four different numbers as well. Always gotcha. talking about the same, same four nodes, fact finder, follow through, quick start and implementer. Right. So we're talking the same language. And then we have conversations around the right fit for that position to try to figure out to fill in the gaps. Yeah, because that's, you know, building building the team in understanding of these people are smart people. And and you know what? It's not like we have to make major decisions here and kick people out because they don't match, but, but at least have a conversation around stuff. And I think that's the most important thing on a leadership team is let's, let's keep the conversations going so that we understand each other so that when we do, we are posed with a problem, we can get through whatever problem we need to, in order to advance the business. Okay. And if you, if you know someone on your team, or you figured out that someone on your team is an implementer and you've had them in the position of the quick start or the follow through and they're really low in that area then they're they're doing the wrong job. Yeah, and you you can't just assume that people are, you know, most often it's interest very interesting. I, you know, um as part of our certification, it's like okay, well pick a couple people and think what their numbers would be. And almost everybody after the people did the test and did the assessment, um, almost everybody was completely wrong about the numbers. So you can't type someone without their you permission. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, like this, you, can, you can kind of do that. You can kind of say, well, I think that person's a high C or I think that person, yeah, you know, you don't want to do that in Colby. Well, I mean, it, it's really hard, you know, unless you can get an idea, but it's not only the one node, it's the other ones. Yeah. And it's how they play together, which is, right. which is the intricacy, right? It's like, I can probably figure that you are a higher rating on a quick start, Julie, and probably a lower one on the fact finder at this point in time, based on our conversations that you like executive summaries and you have lots of ideas, right. but that's right. guess. That's entirely guess a guess. Work. And if yeah. we're going to do all this structural work with a test that's, you know, assessment system that's been around almost 50 years, like why not have the right numbers so that we can actually roll through and do this thing properly. Right. Yeah. And so, because the intricacies come, not just with your, what they call the primary, the number that you lead with, right. it comes with all the other ones that are in behind it. Okay. So the numbers that you assign for each of these four I don't, I don't know what you call them. Quality. Nodes. Yeah. Nodes. Action nodes. modes. Mm -hmm. Oh, action nodes. Okay. Yep. So the numbers that you are assigned, depending on how they fall and what order yes. and how high you are in each category, mm -hmm. helps yep. you figure out the way you think or the way exactly. you act, It'll, more of an action. Yep. It's all about action, right? It's okay. how you take action, how you, you know, make decisions essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, am I going to... Um, get the information before I build the model, or am I going to build a model and look for the information later? <laughs> it's like when you get something in the mail that has directions, if you're the type yeah. of person that reads all the direction and lays out all the parts first, yeah. or if you're the one that just looks at all the parts, Rips open and, the oh, box. I can figure this out. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think most people listening to this will have an idea where they land on some of these, which mm -hmm. is great, but you might know one or two of them, but what about the other ones? And that's, right. those are the interesting things that really it's like, hmm, you know, I never really 
gave that much thought, but yes, that's true. And if I'm working with this person or that person, then maybe, cause the other thing is, is everybody's the same. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You're either always going to just do it the same because everybody's a system person or you're going to, you're just going to have all these ideas that people are batting around and there's no. Detail. Nobody getting it done. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. or let's, let's let you think about engineers and stuff like that. A lot of engineers are high fact finders, high follow through that kind of thing. And if, if you have all these people that are, you know, want more facts, want more facts, want more facts. Well, that's called analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. all I, I need more facts. I can't make start. the decision. Yeah. They never get started. Right. So you need somebody yeah. else on the other side of the spectrum to say, listen, we got enough. Yeah. Let's go. Right. Yeah. So is this something that you have to have a facilitator to do? Let's say people are listening and they're working in a practice and they're like, you know, we need something like this. Mm-hmm. We've tried disc. It doesn't quite seem to fit or whatever. Yep. Do you have to have someone come in and facilitate this conversation in order you to don't... do it correctly? Because I would think you would, because it seems a little complex to me, but. Yeah, to get your Colby A, you don't. You can just go to Colby and, and uh, you take know, Colby.com and take the Colby A assessment. Yeah. And from that perspective, you'll get your Colby A. But it, to go deeper than that and to do comparisons like the A to A and the A to B and the A to C and digging right. into that and some of the team reports and leadership reports and a variety of different things that come in behind that involve having a certified, you know, um, somebody, somebody like what I do with that, um, to take it to that next level. Right. But just to get your Colby a, you can jump over to Colby.com and take your Colby a, and you'll get your, you know, your ratings on each of those four modes and you'll find out where you're, you're at, which is the start, right? That's the start. And it's like, Hey, this is interesting. And do I want to learn more? And then you can hook up with a certified uh, coach or consultant to help you through that. Like, I just, before we, you were saying about coaching before we hopped on this call, before I hopped on this call, I just put that presentation together. Um, and for, for the people uh, that I mentioned down in Louisville and, you know, I'm going to fly down there and we're going to have a half day session with that team after they do all the reports. I'm going to meet with the leader before that, before we go in, we'll have a half day session with the team. We'll go through all the team reports, see where all their strengths are in their business and, and talk about a bunch of different things. And then we'll do some follow-up after that when everybody, and we'll have one-on-one meetings with each of them to understand, help them understand their Colby and help them understand how they will work with the rest of the C sweet team, right? Because it's like finance guy and the marketing guy probably have different ways of doing things. And the lady that takes care of human resources or the lady that takes care of, of uh, finance, whatever the case is, they might have different um, ways of viewing things. And, you know, we're all sitting around the board table. We need to understand that. Yeah. And is there language around it? Like when you're teaching it, are there certain things that you talk about as far as, you know, this person's a fact finder. And so this is the kind of language you, you might use if yep. you're not a fact finder in order to get more cooperation. Like, yeah, for sure. Like, I've done DISC and I'm yeah. becoming certified in that. So I'm assuming it's similar where you kind of have different ways of, if yep. I'm a fact finder, I need to talk to an implementer like this. Right. And, you know, from understand. the DISC, the disc side of things an entirely sort of different thing because there's so right. many different disc tests out there. Or there isn't just one. There's like right. all kinds of them. It's not as standardized. It's and, not. Whereas and plus Col- it disc moves like you can change yeah. over the years. Yeah. Yeah. And Colby's standardized like this is the test and that's it you know, is what it is. Yeah. And if you and take it. You're yeah. not changing it even if yeah. you turn. So, you know, when we talk about communication around um, being a fact finder, let's say we've talked a little bit about fact finder. Well, fact finders, people that really like detail tend to like written words. Mm. They want to research it. Like they're the ones that usually like a really long, super long email (laughs) with all the detail. Right. Isn't that funny? Because you can see it when you email with people. Like I'll write two sentences and half the time they're not whole sentences. And, and then I'm like, oh, I got to be a little more flowery. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then the follow through, those people that they're, they're the people that like systems. So they like charts and graphs and lists and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Quick starts like spoken words. So I use Loom a lot, which is an app that lets me just talk my, you know, and then I'll send a Loom uh, instead mm-hmm. of sending an email. 
Right. So you don't have so, to type it all out. Oh man. It's, yeah. it, it pains me to type out a long email. I, yeah. I, I just want to talk it. Struggle. So I yeah. open my screen and I talk my thoughts and uh, I close it and I send it. And nice. I, you know, so that's how I like to, and I like to do it. And a lot of quick starts um, like to speak as opposed to, that's why we're podcasters. Uh, right, right. We like to talk to people. <laughs> that's and why we're the, on the it, third podcast. Cause, cause we, we have the same, like, oh, we yeah. talk about stuff. doesn't matter what we're talking about as long yeah. as it's interesting. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You know, and, and then the implementers, the last of the four modes, um, they like props and demonstrations and sort of face-to-face meetings. So if you think of somebody, um, it's like, can I, can I show you the model for that? Can I give you the sample so that, you know, that kind of stuff face-to-face, I want to meet face-to-face, you know, that kind of, that kind of idea around. So if you offered them the vision verbally, that's, that's not what they're looking for. Here's here's the thing. Something in detail, like this is what, this is in detail what I want. Right. Right. So I'm a low implementer. Right. I envision things. So I can envision on a two-dimensional plan of a house, what that house is going to look like. Right. But the implementer, if they're a high implementer, they're like, Hmm, let's build a little model so that we get a better, uh, a better sort of scope of what this is going to look like. Right. Yeah. So if you think of it from a team dynamic, if I actually wanted him to make a decision, I would have a model made for that person who likes models so that they can picture it the way they need it so that we can make the decision even quicker. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll understand which person it is. That's that person in your practice. And so if somebody wants to um, have, you know, is expecting me to take action, they probably shouldn't send me a three page email. (laughs) Cause you're going to zone out after the third sentence, right? (laughs) Not going to read it. So, you know, those are the ones that go to the bottom of the bucket every time. Yeah. And so think of the power of that, Julie, if you knew that about the different people on your team and you're being frustrated around getting stuff done, we're talking about freeing yourself, freeing up the listeners here, right? Right. Yeah. Giving them more time. We're talking about handing off accountabilities. Understanding this kind of thing is really a level up for a lot of business owners when they understand this and they can talk in this sort of language and help people through these sort of things and align and assign their accountability chart for the way they need it done. Right. Yeah. Well, I think I think one of the things that a lot of maybe not necessarily entrepreneurs, but maybe veterinarians in business, whether they own their practice or not, or if they're in a leadership role. I think one of the things we don't always do or think about is how much these kind of tools Mm. can change your life and just like free so much up. Once you understand your people and how they're wired, it just, you don't have to fire them as often you can put them in the right space. The ones that love to talk, put them with the clients, the ones that don't put them back in surgery, just (laughs) that kind of thing, I think is really powerful. And I don't think everybody always understands that. Like when I get excited and I talk about, you know, different personality profilings, and now I'm going to get into this one, I'm sure I'll get all involved because (laughs) I'll be interested. But um, I think not everybody always finds that important. And so, I mean, you kind of already said it, but why is it? Because it, it changes your business, right? Not only your business, your life. Yeah. Well, that's true. Cause you can free up your time, which is what you're all about. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? We get into business, Julie. We said this already earlier and we've said it I, probably in the, in the last couple episodes too. It's so <laughs> important. It, it bears repeating. We get into business because we want to be the rulers of our own sort of destiny, right? Mm -hmm. And I think most of the clients that I start with, and I know you do a lot of life coaching too, and you probably do this sort of stuff, but a lot of the, a lot of the times we start with, what the heck do you want out of your life? Mm. 
Yeah. And you don't always think about that. Right. Part of the reason we're stuck, right? We don't put time into thinking about it. Yeah. So let's, let's take, let's go back when you started the business and we start thinking, it's like, okay, well, if I own my bit of my own business, I'll be able to, well, what is that? What was that? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It, and it might be different now than when you started and that's okay. But refreshing that is an important piece because you should be building your business as the foundation for the life that you want to live. You shouldn't be the foundation for your business. Right. That's the switch. That's yeah. the switch. If you're always the foundation for everything that goes on in your business, you'll never be free. And, it, and your business won't grow. No. You can't grow if you don't let go of some of it. You can't. Yeah. And so... um you know, these are, this is why we go through the five P's, you know, we align the process, we get the right people. And Colby to me is about that people portion of the, the five P's, right? So that's it's like, like a mm -hmm. subset of that. Right. Get through, you go know, through we, Colby. we work on all of our process, right. And make sure right. that it's not in our heads. It's out and it's available for anybody that needs it so that we can align and assign accountability to the right person. How do we find the right person? One of the tools we can use is Colby, right? right? And so once the process is really good and the people are really good, hmm, this is already starting to add up, isn't it? You know, it's like yeah. if the process is really good and the people are really good and the accountability can be aligned and assigned, then I think I should be able to have more freedom. Right. And we should have more profit in the business and profit will buy you some freedom to a certain degree as well. Right. Yeah, it absolutely does. So those thoughts that you just offered could someone who's not an entrepreneur and they're just running their life, since I'm a life coach and I kind yeah. of think of it that way, I think of it, your life as a business. For sure. Can they use the same kind of ideas? Yeah. You know, one of the beautiful things with Colby is that you can do a Colby 8A with your significant other. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Me and my husband are exactly opposite, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> But, but it works because he can help me when I, when right. I'm in trouble with the details I, or I have an email I want to write and I want mm -hmm. it to be great. I'll mm -hmm. always write it and then I'll hand it off and he'll yeah. like pick, nitpick it apart and yeah. put a comma here and where I would be, just be like, yeah, let her go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yes, you know, so, you know, does this work in relationships as well? For sure it does. Does it work? I mean, there's a financial planning. There's an MO that aligns with financial planning. There's an mm -hmm. MO that aligns with certain career options. Right. There, you know, when we talk about your modus operandi, right? Your your mode of operation, you yeah. know, the the idea around once you have your call BA, you can dig down deeper into that on a personal level. For sure. And there's tools for that. There are like if I took the test and found out what my MO is, I could understand it better by going through the tools. Yeah, there's a there's a few others underneath that. Like I said, the financial yes. MO, the right. the you know, the careers MO, and then there's a variety of other things there too. You can get in uh right off the top of my uh, tongue, I can't think of the one, but there's one for couples. Okay, as well, like relationship where, or yeah. something. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So okay. yes, it's it's an interesting uh package of suite of, of different assessments and tools. And really it's up to you how deeply you want to dig in or whether you want to use um, somebody to help you dig in. Yeah. Well, if you're, if you're not an implementer, you're probably going to need help. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can already see me going, ah, I don't get this. I need somebody to help me figure this out. <laughs> it's um, you know, it sounds confusing, in certain ways when you think, oh, I've got all these different assessments and all this different stuff. But, you know, the, I, the thing I love about it is that it's four modes and very sort of straightforward and all, everything sort of relates to those. And once you start getting the lingo and the language around it, it's like, mm, I get it. You know, yeah. it's, it's quite simple to understand once you've read your first uh, report. And the beautiful thing about the Colby A as well is that you actually have Kathy Colby, the founder of the assessment, does a whole bunch of videos for each individual type. And so you can have, you know, follow along with her when you take it and go through that as well, which is, I, I find very helpful. She's, yeah. um, I mean, um, just has been doing this for so long. It's like, oh my gosh, wealth of information. Yeah. So have you been using this personally? I know you said you're getting certified. Have uh, you I am. Been 
doing it for a mm-hmm. long period of time or is it something kind of yeah. new to you? I think you no. said you were doing it for a while, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I've, uh, I think I did my first Colby in maybe 2016 or 17. We've been using it um, within Shootopia since probably shortly thereafter. I've been using it with all my coaching clients. And yes, I, I am now officially certified. So um, I I got my certification earlier this year and I'm awesome. working as a certified Colby coach and in combination with a bunch of the other stuff I do with simplifying entrepreneurship. Right, right. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Is there something that we didn't say about it that we still should? I think, you know, going for a while, I don't want to get to, there's so many more things I want to talk to you about, but we'll have to set, you said once a year, but we might have to do it in six months. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure the fact finders will have more questions, Julie, you know, they'll, they'll want to I know I'm not a fact finder. So I'm like, what else do we need to say? Yeah. So, but ultimately, you know, from this perspective, it's neat to look into It's It's pretty simple to get your first sort of understandings. Just go to Colby.com. And if you want to dig deeper down into it from a certified coach, then you can reach me at simplifyingentrepreneurship.com. And I'm happy to take you through the journey if it's something that you want, you know, a a coach to help you through. For your team. For either you personally, yeah, either you personally or your team, because we can do just the A's uh, and do like a one hour sort of coaching call on that. And it's just a one-off. And if you want the team, then the team's obviously more intricate. Is it something you can do over like Zoom or do you have to go in person? It's all Zoom. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if anybody's interested, they can reach out. Yeah. For the team, for the team one, sometimes it's better to get everybody around the boardroom table. Like I mentioned, you know, going to go down to Louisville and get everybody around the board. And part of that will be Zooms. We'll do some um, pre-meetings in Zoom and some post-meetings on Zoom, but the actual meeting will be with the group. And then, but we can do even those ones on Zoom and have a fully um, Zoom-based session. And there's no problem there. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Awesome. All right. Any last words you want to say before we wrap it up? No, I always enjoy our conversations and I just wanted to, you know, say a big thank you for having me back on and uh, it's great to see your smiling face and hopefully yeah, I'm really excited that... to have you. So I, I, yeah. I'm serious. I have a whole list of other things that we're, that we want to talk about. So we're going <laughs> to keep on going. That sounds great. I, I love, this I love entrepreneurial ship relationship going. Cool. I love it. And I look forward to the next one. All right. So this is Pete Moore. Look him up. It's M-O-H-R, not M-O-O-R-E, right? Yes. Yeah. So look him I, up. I like to say it's the correct way to spell it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think you're probably right. So just look him up. He's got a lot of great information. And if you didn't hear our other podcasts, go back and listen to them because they're fun. Thanks. Make right. it a great have day, a beautiful, Julie. Yeah. Have a beautiful week, everyone. Bye. Bye, Pete.